Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Monday. I think we're going into week six or seven in the queue. Six? I think it's week six, sis. Week, week six, six. I have, to, um, I have to check now. Now I'm curious what week it is. I was thinking about it last night as I was falling asleep. I was like, what week are we entering of Q-dumb? Okay, one, I just two, have a vivid three, memory of last week, four. us saying week five. Six. Yep, we're going into week six. You know what? It sounds a lot shorter than it actually was. I'm sorry. We're going into week seven. Sorry. It's the 27th, not the 20th. This is week seven. It feels like week seven. Yeah, I mean, once again, the Ramona coaster has reared its ugly head, and I'm not sure how I'm feeling. You know, I'm feeling really, like, tired and beat down. Therefore, I'm kind of glad I don't have to leave my house. Sometimes, like, being forced to stay in is so fabulous, and sometimes it's not. So today, I'm not really mad about it, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm too tired to care right now, you know? So yeah. I'm not going to put up a fight today. Here we are in the queue, week six, crazy times. And we were just saying how it feels like the start time for our show gets earlier and earlier. But like we used to do the show, like we would be done by now. But my schedule is so fucked up. Like I was up all night. I don't know how to get back on a normal schedule. When my alarm rings for the show, I wake up like 10, 15, 10, 30. It feels like the middle of the night and I'm going to the airport, like going to the Bahamas. You know, I, it's crazy how weird my clock is. Yeah. The biological clock is, it's a strange thing. Um, I watched so much TV this weekend. I'm so excited to talk about it because I watched some interesting things that I look forward to sharing with the class. Um, but other than that, it was just, you know, another low key weekend. I too have a lot to share. And if anybody thinks I'm acting weirdly on today's show, it's because I watched an entire season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And now I talk like them. You know, it's like when you hang out with your camp friends, you start talking like your camp friends. Like I'm the fishiest drag queen in this planet and you all are sickening and you're jealous. Like I cannot, Ben thought I was being so crazy last night. Like I was just, when you like listen, there's so much, there's so much, they're like the Steens. Like they have their own language. Um, but they really like are responsible for so many words, like becoming popular, like sickening, snatch, like fishy isn't there yet, but it's just so interesting like to see where it all comes from. Yeah, so you're, I'm assuming you're enjoying it. I am. I really um, – It's. I have a lot of thoughts, and I'll, um, I'll, get a, I'll get into it at the end, which is our TV recap segment, but we're not there yet. Okay, cool. Well, other, all I did this weekend was watch TV, so I don't really have anything to talk about other than the TV that I watched. I, um, I drank about 10 White Claws, I think, over the course of Friday and Saturday. Maybe a little more. A couple. I, I drank a lot this weekend. Maybe that's why I'm feeling so bleh and, like, down to stay in, in my bed. Like, I literally did not get out of bed all day yesterday. Ben went to the grocery store, um, and then he had the groceries delivered, and this woman who delivered them was so funny. Like, when she first got there, she was decked out. Masks, glove, another mask, glove. And she was like, um, I can't come in the house. Like she was being very, very strict, which I appreciated. And then she like totally forgot about all of her rules. And she was like being so chatty. She stayed in my house for another 10 minutes, like talking about all the artwork. Um, she showed me pictures of her dog. Her name was Michelle. She was really sweet. Oh, that's so nice. I need to go grocery shopping. It's getting to that point where my fridge is bare. Um, so I'll have to brave the store, but like the store is always popping now. And now that the weather's nice, everyone is like, oh, I think I'll go to the store. And so like the line wraps around the block because people don't mind waiting outside anymore. 
you do have the advantage of not having to be um, working, quote unquote, like at one o'clock on a Monday. So I think you would probably have an easier time during the weekday than you would like yesterday going to the store. Ben went to the store yesterday on a Sunday, which is like the bravest thing you could do. Everyone is just like their schedules are off, you know, there's no good time, but I'll have to make the time because I need some fresh ingredients. Better ingredients, better pizza. Bagel bites. Ugh, the shit. Out at every store. The fact that I managed to get my hands on three boxes during quarantine is a miracle because yesterday Ben went, nothing. You know what I got that I haven't tried, but I'm into like so many frozen mini pizza things that I got Totino's. Mm. I've never had that. They can be quite dangerous if you eat them too hastily. I know. So I haven't tried them yet. That's like a snack thing. Maybe I'll try it today. And then I also got an Elias pizza because Elias pizza is pretty bomb. Oh, yeah. That's like standard textbook. Everyone tries to, you know, make a new mousetrap. But when it comes down to it, Elias is good enough. I actually, I have a few frozen pizzas in my freezer and I haven't had a frozen pizza since like week two of the queue. But I think at week seven, like, I think it's time. Yeah, it's just so funny how like my palate has changed. Like when this first started, I wanted like hearty meals like ground beef, ground turkey, steak, chicken. Now it's like I cannot stand standing in my kitchen for like an hour making a meal. Like I want the fastest thing possible. Yeah, I used to enjoy like the hour it took to cook. Um, But now, I don't know, I'm just eating to live. I'm like, what's going to make me the fullest, the longest so I don't have to make the trip to the kitchen again? Totally. Like I hate my kitchen now. Like I hate everything in it. I want brand new utensils. Like my pots are so ugly and smelly. Like I just, I can't. And you know what? It's like, I'm actually busy. Like today we have landed a pretty esteemed high profile interview today for tomorrow's episode. And it's like, I can't be running back and forth to the kitchen when Francesca from Too Out to Handle is waiting for me on my Zoom. Yeah. I'm really busy today. The weekdays are just, are really busy for me. I have another virtual one-on-one session with the Live Method, which I'm excited about. Um, and I'm doing my sheets today, but I tried to make my bed look normal behind me, but my sheets are in the washer. So when you, when it's a changing of the sheets day, a changing of the guard, you know, it's going to be a busy cleaning day because when in Rome, it's a huge day. Like in my house, I, the day I washed my sheets, I literally did not get into bed at till 10 PM. Cause I was so busy. Yeah. So I have one of those days ahead of me. And even though I'm not looking forward to all of the work, I'm looking forward to the way I'm going to feel when it's all said and done, because I will feel accomplished. Unlike how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I actually, I have a busy day as well. I'm working on one of my secret projects. You know, I have a few in the air and I just, I'm just so busy juggling them that it's just sometimes I forget. Um, And then we have this Francesca interview, which like I'm actually intimidated to be talking to someone like so beautiful. No, same. And like we have to figure out like our Zoom interview techniques because it's going to be dicey. Yeah. I have a feeling it's just going to have to be like very question, answer, question, answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We actually, there is good ass news today, you guys. Like shit's popping. The celebrities are like tired of being irrelevant and they're making statements and they're doing things and they're getting pregnant. So I think it's time. It's not time because I have one thing to say. Um, When I sat down for my second lunch yesterday, I was just perusing Instagram and Jeffree Star was like, I'm going live on Chris Jansen's YouTube page. Um, he's a journalist and like we're discussing something very serious. And I tuned in and I've literally never been so confused in my whole life. Um, what I gathered is that like one of the musicians, like back in the day when Jeffrey was on MySpace and then he got signed by Akon and he was doing like music tours, one of the musicians that he um, ended up like going on tour with as one of his opening acts is like a sexual abuser or something of underage girls. And like Jeffrey is like, there's so many conspiracy theories saying like Jeffrey was involved, Jeffrey knew, Jeffrey saw. So like he went on YouTube to like clear his name. It was just like, I've never seen Jeffrey like so defensive and like in that kind of, like he doesn't, he doesn't have to do that interview. Like he lives in his mansion, like nobody bothers him. Um, I thought it was like admirable that he did it. And this Chris Jansen, who's apparently like a legendary American journalist who I'd never heard of, um, it's like on his free time, like investigating this case into Dobby something. I I don't know. It was, I, I need to, I need someone to explain it to me because it's so strange, like this whole thing. Oh, weird. I didn't even hear about it. And in looking for stories, I also didn't hear about it. It's very niche. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, if you get the tea, if you get the facts, let us know. I don't think anyone knows the facts, which is why it's so shady. Okay. Okay, now is it time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, each is time for the fast five stories that you need to know. Yeah, you. In the backseat of the taxi? Hopefully not. Hopefully at home, in the bed, in the queue. Uh, Before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And that's true, Jackie. And I know you're you're feeling buzzed, you're excited, but you know what's a total buzzkill on your whole mood? 
Spam calls. They totally invade your space, are super annoying, and they're the last thing you want to deal with. We've teamed up with RoboKiller to give you guys a solution to the growing spam call problem. RoboKiller is the app that stops spam calls for good. They have over 1.2 million spam phone numbers on their block list, adding more spammers by the minute. In the month of February alone, RoboKiller blocked over 17 million spam calls. We both recently downloaded it on our phones and we are loving it. We can't even tell you how many spam calls and texts we used to get. I must have won like 10 free cruises and trips to Disneyland that I almost took someone up on one time. Now we're living the spam-free life and getting sweet revenge in the process. They have pre-recorded answer bots that mess with the spam callers for you, which are absolutely hilarious. They're literally like spam fighting assistants. Our personal favorites are the jellyfish sting and the southern cat lady. If you don't want spammers cramping your, your energy, get RoboKiller. Head to RoboKiller.com on your mobile device now to download the app. New users get RoboKiller free for seven days. That's R-O-B-O killer.com on your mobile device now to get download the app and new users can get robokiller free for seven days now get out there and stop those spammers again that's robokiller.com love it honestly like spam calls really do rain on your parade like ain't nobody got time for that no and it's like i always think like i'm so fabulous like a new york city number is calling me like "Mm, who wants to put me on the cover of vogue and like no it's some girl like your car insurance i'm like i don't have a car bitch rub it in (laughs) i don't don't even have a license okay (laughs) First story, the craziest news I've heard in the queue. Um, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler are getting divorced after 10 years together. Last night, out of what feels like nowhere, both Kristen and Jay took to Instagram posting cute photos of themselves with the exact same statement. They said, with great sadness, after 10 years together, we have come to a loving conclusion to get a divorce. We have nothing but love and respect for one another and are deeply grateful for the years shared, memories made, and the children we are so proud of. This is just the situation of two people growing apart. We ask everyone to respect our privacy as we navigate this difficult time within our family. I have so many thoughts, like three thoughts. Ready? Mm -hmm. Like one, you were just in the Bahamas together for over a month. Like, was that what caused you to get divorced? Like, it just seems weird timing. Two, this is just like so crazy because it really like shows you how for the most part, like reality TV is so shady, like in such bullshit. Like if you watch a show, I actually just was watching an episode where he dropped his phone in the river. They were on this camping trip and like, yeah, they're definitely different, but like it seemed to be working. And then the third is I would love to know logistically how you get divorced, divorced during quarantine. Yeah. Well, they're like what we're talking about, but here's some, here's some things that People Magazine who had the exclusive like statement is saying and a source is saying, so I'm going to go and say that it's true, that their split had absolutely nothing to do with any cheating rumors. I hadn't heard any recent cheating rumors, but I feel like there's always cheating rumors with celebrities. Also on their recent trip, they already knew they were splitting up. So here's what I'm thinking. Like, I feel like they're really good friends. And I also feel like there, it's always been sort of like touch and go in their relationship. Like, are they going to stay together? Are they not? But I, I thought that they just made the decision that they were going to so and then moved on with their lives. That's why this is really like coming out of left field now when it seems like they're happier than ever. You know, like if you watch the show, they just they have this life for themselves. And even if they're not like the perfect match, it seemed like they were happy with the life that they had together. And that's what they were going to fight to keep. Yeah, like if there was ever a time for them to have gotten divorced, it would have been like season one when they like looked like they had so many problems, but Jay was just like not into being on TV and like Kristen wanted it so bad. Like that's when I wouldn't have been surprised. But now it's it's like, it's all settled. Like why now? Why this sperm? Yeah, it's it's interesting, but I feel like they actually are good friends and what they went on that trip, they probably knew they were separating, um, but they're able to just like remain good friends. I'm honestly, I'm, it's bittersweet, but I'm curious to see both of them, mostly Kristen, single. Yeah, like taking the dating world by storm. I'm also very curious about um, the financials of it all because, you know, she's a star, but I think he's more the breadwinner. And they just bought this like sickening $6 million house. And by the way, all their houses that they've, they've moved so many times. And I only know this because people are always wanting to see what their houses look like. And somehow their new listings always end up in the Toaster's Facebook group. But they always end up moving out of a sickening house into like a more sickening house. Yeah. So right now they're living in like the most sickening house. Their last super sick house has been on the market for a while and it's still not sold. People were saying maybe like Jay will move into that house because they're not far from each other, which is a really nice idea. So I think the way that the money works, at least the way that they show it on the show is like Jay was the breadwinner um, and he has made a lot of money, but he doesn't make any money anymore. Like he doesn't work. He just like, you know, sits around and watches the goats on his camera and like 
stews. But Kristen is like a very much a working modern woman. And I think her company's doing really well in the show and everything. So like she's doing really well right now, but I think they're both fine. I don't think like money is really going to be a problem. Yeah. But like she's working now with the show and the jewelry line, but that pales in comparison to Jay Cutler, like what he made in just like a year. Yeah, but that was it. Like, it's been a few years since he played. It's like, you know, that you live off of that money. It's like, on the one hand, yeah, I agree. Like, what did he have? A 30 something million dollar contract? And like, what is she, you know, she's, it's not the same, but that money flies. It does. But it's my understanding that his football money was like forever money. He played for a no. while. Yeah, wait, I'm just going to look it up. And Jay, by the way, where are their oh. houses? In Nashville? Nashville. Okay, he signed a $126.7 million seven-year contract that included a $54 million guarantee. So I guess they'll be all right. Yeah, no, and I'm just curious. We're like, going to be all right. What's the prenup vibe? Oh, I don't know, but I'm sure that they have one because she was, work- like, she was working before. And yeah. I don't you know, know what? I feel like this is going to be so amicable. I think it's going to. Yeah. I like. They, I just think that they are really good friends. Maybe this is going to be a good thing. Maybe you know she'll end up needing the money and she'll join the Hills reunion. Oh no! But like, why would you join some sad show when you have your own show? Now here's a question for you, as a very Cavallari stan. Um, do you think the show will be as good without Jay? Yes, because the show is not about Jay. He just became like this bonus. Um, But I think we'll be missing something. But I could also see Jay still being on the show. Like if he is living down the street and he's just like her friendly ex-husband, which is the vibe that I'm getting, but I'm sure everybody starts off as a friendly ex until it turns. Um, Then I think we could, I think there's a possibility where they really remain friends and he's still a part of the show. But if he's not, it's fine. The show will take on more of like a Vanderpump rules, like the drama in the store, which is already what it is. But getting like a taste of like her home life was really a treat. And now let's play our favorite game. Who should they date? Who do you see Kristen Cavallari shacking up with in Nashville? I have no idea. Maybe a musician, maybe a businessman, Bo. Because I feel like now as a businesswoman, she understands like, you know, that businessman, Bo life, maybe that's the life for her. Yeah, and you know, in Nashville, I don't really see her hooking up with a musician because for the most part, like the big successful older ones like are all married. That's what everyone in Nashville does. Like they get married and have a million kids and the younger ones are like 21 years old. So I don't think that's necessarily the pond that she should be taking a swim in. Uh, I don't know. There's so many. I feel like we're just like thinking of the ones that are married, but I feel like Brett Eldridge. Oh my God. Kristen Cavallari, Brett Eldridge. Done. His new music is... Chef's Kiss is fantastic. I don't even know if she likes country music, though. I don't What's with the Nashville does. Association? Um, so Jay went to Vanderbilt, and for a while, like, they were living in Chicago, but they met in Nashville, and when Jay was playing for Miami, I think Nashville made a lot more sense for them to live there, I think. Got it. Okay. And I think she really likes it. Well, she was struggling. She was having a hard time making friends and she made a friend and her friend turned on her and she was using her for the show. And it's just, it was not nice. But then Justin DP Hugh moved to town with Scoot. And now they have like this fabulous foursome. That's just been torn to bits. Yeah. Those are the true victims here. DP Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. This is a sad story, but you know what? I hope it's as amicable as like I imagine it to be and how they're saying it is. This is a sad story, but these aren't sad people. No, no, no. Like, there's plenty of life for them after this relationship. Like, I'm not worried about either one of them becoming, like, a shut-in. I just – it's sad. You know, as family – you know, it maybe it's, you know, the child of divorce in me, but these children, you know, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad, but I I think – I think we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. That's how I feel. Okay, next up, a little more celebrity couples news. We give you the good with the bad. Chris Pat and Katherine Schwarzenegger are expecting their first child together. Ten months after getting married, Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt are gearing up for the next chapter in their lives. The couple who wed on June 8th of last year during an intimate ceremony in Montecito, California, are expecting their first bebe together. Multiple sources confirmed to people. The bebe is on the way. The 
The Bebe on the Way will be the gift of forgiveness's author's first child, while Pratt Forty is already a dad to seven-and-a-half-year-old son, Jack. Well, seven-and-a-half, this article is so specific, whom the actor shares with ex-wife Anna Faris. You know, this is actually a similar situation. It's like when they got divorced, it was like so amicable, so amicable, so amicable. And even now it's like fine, allegedly, but it's like Anna Faris has to hate Catherine Schwarzenegger. She has to, or else she's not human. Yeah, I don't think it's the same situation because there was there's something about like Chris Pratt and Anna Faris at the time where they were just like, you know, the pinnacle of like love and quirky celeb relationships and we love him and we love her and blah 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 and like they're so in love whereas with jay and chris and cavallari was they i've just always gotten like a really good friendship and respect vibe and like oh we're also gonna we're also gonna start a family but like every day we wake up and decide that that's what we want to do you know it's not just like we fell into it and we can't get up but i'm saying the similarity is like it was so amicable when they divorced and even like after he started dating catherine i don't think so she went on watching of Catherine. No, she went on Watch What Happens Live and she was not well. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like maybe not now, but in a few years, like we will see like some sort of resentment, like crack between Chris and Cavallari and Jay Cutler. And I just, I refuse to believe that like everything is so perfect with Chris Pratt and, and his first and second wives. Like you never hear, but I think. No, I never thought things were perfect with Chris Pratt and Anna Faris, but I actually do think they're per- as perfect as one can oh. be with Catherine Schwarzenegger. Like these two are just like, they are like a vacuum. Yeah. Is Anna Faris have a boyfriend? Not a famous one. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it sucks. Like when the person that you were married to, like A, moves on so fast. And like when you're in the public eye, like becomes like this sweetheart. Like they are literally like the face of like Jesus Christ. Like they're like these good Christian, like everything they do is perfect. She writes a book about forgiveness and it's a New York Times bestseller. Like everything they do is so fucking perfect and like waspy. Like how can Anna Faris not despise Catherine Schwarzenegger? She's a lovely no, girl. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying she doesn't. I'm not saying she shouldn't. <laughs> right. But this is happy news. Oh, and it's and not you know, about Anna. Speaking of interesting first and second wives, um, I was watching Lala Kent's stories like a week ago and she was laying in bed with Amber, um, Lala's ex-wife. They were like hysterically laughing about something and I just thought it was so weird. Like, do you remember a year ago where- So the, the mom, Randall's first wife, you, you didn't explain that. Um, you said Lala's first wife. Oh, sorry. Randall's first wife, first wife was lying in bed with Lala. Like a year ago, they had all this drama where yes. on social media, very publicly, the mother of Randall's kids was like begging Lala to stop posting them on Instagram. Lala kept posting them on Instagram. Like it was very tumultuous. Now they're lying in bed laughing. Okay. Love to see it. Things can change. That's so interesting. I didn't even see that. They, and you know what, okay. for a second, I thought it might have been Randall's daughter because, like, she looked so young and they were, like, laughing, laughing, laughing. And then she turned her head. I'm like, oh, my God, that's the mom. That's wild. I mean, yeah, you know what? It doesn't surprise me. How could you not eventually come to love Lala Kent? And, you know, when you're in Lala Kent's position, like, I'm sure really all you want is for the woman to like you. Yeah. Like that, like yeah. the first wife doesn't have to like the second wife, but it's nice for the second wife to be liked by the first wife. Yeah, of course. Especially when there's kids involved. I feel like that adds a whole other layer. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, bye. I'll literally never see you again. First wife. Right. Okay. You ready for our next story? Some exciting news. Sure. Some exciting real estate news because it's clear that Kylie Jenner has been watching the toast and realized that her home was not suitable for a billionaire. Because she just dropped $36.5 million on a new house, and it's sickening. Kylie Jenner might be in quarantine right now, but she still has time to expend her property portfolio. The Kylie Cosmetics founder has reportedly just purchased a brand new home in Holmby Hills, California. The property costs $36.5 million, and according to People, the massive compound boasts seven bedrooms and 14 bathrooms. It even has 20 parking spaces for Kylie's several luxury cars. I mean, this is weird for two reasons. One, because we were just talking about how Kylie's like home is so humble. I mean, like love that about her. She's just a regular girl, but it's clear that she's not. Maybe she heard us and she did not want to be referred to as a regular girl. And the second thing that's so weird is that this is in Holmby Hills. It's like 30 minutes away from Calabasas. It's, it's like in the center of Los Angeles. 
Really? I was like, I didn't want to really do like a Google uh, map search because I just wanted to assume it was like down the road from her old house. Well, so she's not Holton living. Hills is in Hidden Hills. Like, no. Yeah. I was just like, oh, she's in the hills. This, yeah. This good. No. So, I mean, it's not been made clear whether or not this is like an investment property or she's going to live there. I have to assume that she's going to live there. Also, the like developer and owner of the house slash land is the same person who Kylie bought a house slash property from in Palm Springs. So it's obvious that Kylie's like a fan of his work. Interesting. Also, this is just my detective work. Kylie's been posting some photos just like around her house in the queue. And I'm pretty sure that some of the photos are taken at this new house. Because if you look- if you look behind her, there's like an outdoor TV fireplace situation. Obviously, a lot of places have that, but it looks identical to the outdoor TV fireplace in the photos that the realtor posted. Yeah, and I guess I saw her post a photo of her, um, Chris Jenner got her that dream house for Stormy, but I guess that could be anywhere. They could move it. No, I don't think she's living there yet, but like she might be going back and forth. Like it might be fun to have two houses in the queue. So like when you're quarantined one week here, one week there, like switching it up for the kids. I mean, that just sounds so nice. Like, I I love Kylie, and I'm not in any way shading her. Like, if I thought she was being humble, that's cool. But now she wants to not be humble, and I think that's fabulous, too. Yeah, no, honestly, it was. it's not even about being humble. Like, it was just time. We happened to notice at, like, the peak of her billionaire status, and also we were just watching her on the show, and we were just saying, like, she, she has a kitchen and a foyer and a living room and an upstairs. Like, she just has a house. Um, and she obviously realized that, too. So... I think this house is sweet. So do you think she's going to live there? Or it's going to be like an investment? No, I think she's going to live there. It looks like a home. It doesn't look like a flip it, like Disick sort of property. It looks like a house. But also apparently she got a really good price for it because it was on the market for $45 million. So Chris Jenner real estate broker. She, She got a $10 million discount. I mean, it's probably a good time to buy right now. Interest rates are low. Yeah, and maybe because she knew this developer from Palm Springs, like they gave her a two-for-one deal. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know um, if that's how it works with $50 million homes, but you never know. This is just so fabulous. Bogo. Like, it was a BOGO. Yeah, I can't wait to see the content, the outdoor. I can't wait to see Stas, you know, like living it up in the second bedroom. I'm just, I'm excited for everyone. This, this sounds so exciting. And then I get content, so I can only be pleased with that yeah this is exciting all around and you know what i hope just kylie the youtuber comes out to play and like gives us a house tour i mean that'll never happen but we'll probably get an architectural digest spread in like a year yeah even if it's not a house tour even if it's like a three rooms in my house tour or even if it's literally just her snapchatting in the new house but you know what i honestly loved the decor of her old house like remember her dining room table with the ombre chairs and all the butterfly pictures like sickening i'm excited to see what she does with this new house but i feel like her old house was so homey and i feel like that sometimes happens to celebrities where they're living in a house where they're so comfortable and then they obviously like get too big for their britches and they need to get a bigger house and they move to this bigger house and it's just like not homey they don't feel like they're home and i think like as much as she's probably out of all the sisters like the least reliant on the sister connection like she invests so much in her friendship she hangs out with her friends more than she hangs out with her sisters i do think living 30 minutes away is like not going to be good i think she'll realize quick um that she wants to go home i'm sure she thought about it though or are you sure it's 30 minutes like with traffic or without I mean, there's so much traffic in LA. That's what TMC said, 30 minutes close to the center of LA, which also makes me think like maybe Kylie's going to be going out more. Like maybe they didn't want to go to clubs every night when they have to take a 90 minute drive home to Calabasas. Oh no, not distance from Beverly Hills. Distance from Holmby, Google. That's the new place to be. Okay, I'm looking it up. 29 minutes, you're right. And I know that sounds- No, you're right, sorry. It sounds like not a lot, but they're all used to living in the same gated community. Like it's a lot. Yeah. Except you know who doesn't? Kendall. Where does Kendall live? She used to not, but she bought a house. I think she finally returned to the manor. Interesting. Okay. So you know what? Maybe, no, I don't think it's an investment property because look at her picture. She's like thotting around on the bed. It was probably like during one of the house tours, she was probably like walking around with a contractor or something, but she was like, stop and take some pictures of me. And it looks nice. You know what's so crazy though is that the house is probably staged. That's not real furniture. Like it's staged and it's literally so sickeningly designed. Like I would take that furniture. I would buy that furniture, that house furnished in a second. It's like Kylie's not going to keep one fucking thing. 
I know. Uh, we would buy it in a second because we're lazy and we like weirdly don't know how to design a house. But this is Kylie's specialty, you know? The whole family is really so good wait. at it. You have to wait like a whole year before you can move in. Well, she has her old place. Like she'll, she'll be in and out. Yeah. This is good for okay. Stormy. Yeah. No, it's, it's exciting, period. But this next story is really funny and I'm ready to get to it. Are you? Is it the one brought to you by Daily Burn? Obviously. The gyms are closed, right? But you want to stay active and get fit? Sign up for Daily Burn at dailyburn.com and give at-home workouts a try for 30 days. It's totally free. If you're looking for motivation, Daily Burn professional trainers have plenty to spare. If you hate training alone, you can join a group session every weekday. There's a program that fits your needs and fitness levels. Get your 30-day free trial. Sign up at dailyburn.com. Get fit, have fun, repeat with Daily Burn. And if you want the 30 days free, you have to go to dailyburn.com slash toast. That's D-A-I-L-Y-B-U-R-N.com slash toast. Check it out. Jackie and I have had the privilege of using it for about a month now. And you really can't have enough at-home workouts because we're going to be here for a while. You really can't have enough. I have been not only like switching it up every day, I'm doing something different. I love incorporating daily burn into my routine now, but it's sometimes I'll do like two in one day because I have nothing but time. And then I feel so good after, like I just work out so many different parts. Like I just got an email from daily burn. They have a, like a yoga class that looks so good. So I love to do like something that's strength training and then low key. And then it's two hours later and I'm like, oh my God, it's time for dinner. Yeah. Anything to fill up the time between your first and second dinner. Exactly. Okay. Next story. Celebs are being hounded to drop in on Zoom happy hours. First, it was the autograph. Then it was a selfie. Now, page six is told that the ultimate fan trophy is getting celebrities to drop in on their Zoom happy hours. Industry insiders say that stars are being inundated with requests from quarantined admirers who want them to surprise their friends. And we're told some stars have agreed to make a quick appearance. For example, we're told Shaquille O'Neal and David Spade have both been hounded to make digital drop-ins. I've seen so many people. But in fact, it's become such a trend that industrious insiders have been considering setting up a service like Cameo, where stars are paid to send video messages for wrangling celebs for Zoom calls. Yes, I have heard that too, that like there's now an economy of companies whose job it is like to create digital platforms like Zoom or like digital meet and greets because that's the world we're going to live in for a little while. And I actually think it's really smart. I think people would want that outside of like quarantine also. Yeah. And I think like maybe a Zoom happy hour is like where we started, but I think we could be thinking bigger about how we could like be virtually communicating with our favorite celebs one-on-one or like a lot on one. But I thought this was just really funny. Because celebrities, like, were just dropping into people's Zoom calls. Um, but I don't understand how they got there. And people DM them on Instagram, like, hey, join our Zoom. Here's the meeting ID. Here's the, here's the password. Yeah, I get a lot of those, too. Um, I'm not, like, Zoom. Like, I can't get on my computer, like, in time. By the time I see them, they're over. <laughs> well, so I, um, I have joined a few. And I just feel like my personality really doesn't come through on a Zoom. And then I feel weird. I'm like wearing no makeup and like literally nobody knows who I am. It takes them like 10 minutes to realize that I'm there. And after that embarrassment, I think I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just like maybe if I was like in Zoom mode, you know, and I was like Zooming a lot, I could go in Zoom-o. and out. If I was Zoomio, but when I'm just like in my bed and I see like someone sends me something, it just, I feel like I'd be like crashing the party. I guess that's the yeah, point of it. Yeah, I don't know. but then, you know, I was going to say something mean, but I won't. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, are you ready for our fifth and final story? Because it's fucking hilarious. Of course. Kanye West bickers with Forbes via text over billionaire status. Forbes magazine has finally confirmed Kanye's billionaire status, but according to the musician, they still shorted him on his actual net worth. Editors at the Money Magazine claim West took issue with his published $1.3 billion estimate, texting staffers that apparently Forbes doesn't know how to count, that his net worth is actually closer to $3.3 billion. Um, Okay, I don't really care if it's $1.3 or $3.3. Like, the fact that Kanye is a billionaire when just a few years ago he was, like, drowning in debt is really admirable, but it's also really sad that, like, he became a billionaire before Kim, who literally cannot stop working. Yeah, that's true. I can't believe he's a billionaire. And I actually, I believe him that it's 3.3. Why would he like go out of his way? He's been saying for a while that he, like, I feel like just Forbes is just behind in counting people's money. You know, like they're, they're just behind. Well, 
net worth isn't necessarily how much money you have in the bank. So there is a formula. No, it's not so- how much money you have in the bank. Yeah, I know. So it's like there's a formula to adding up all the value of your companies, your properties, like everything you own, all your investments, your liabilities. Um, so I feel like nobody even really knows, even the person, like I feel like he wouldn't even know what his real net worth is. Like net no. worth is an ambiguous term. Yes, it is. But I feel like he knows what he has going on like present day and what it's worth. And, and Forbes, like, especially because a lot of the things that he does, you probably don't think it's going to be like worth this much. But I guess it's it's subject to people's opinions of what you think something is valued at. But I right. think that he's what worth even value, more th- than they said. What would you value Sunday service at? Like it's a company. Like you can't, like it has an insane value. But, they, but like, to, I think to Forbes, that's not a tangible item. They probably wouldn't right. really put a valuation on it. Because they don't generate that much money. Yeah. Like, they have some merch and they've done a few shows. Like, that's not really, in terms of Forbes' like binary way of thinking, like, that's not a viable business. But also, like, Kanye's doing stuff with, like, planned communities, something that we haven't, like, people haven't seen a lot of, but he's been talking about it for a while. So I'm sure he knows what that's going to be and what that's going to be worth, whereas, like, a writer at Forbes doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm just happy he's a billionaire. Like, I hated when Kanye was poor. It was so sad for Kim. Yeah. I'm real. like, he's doing really well and he's being hilarious about it and Forbes doesn't know how to count. <laughs> Forbes doesn't know how to count. He was also recently on the cover of GQ in, like, a mini tractor that looked like something like from Pee Wee Herman. Um, and he looked cute in Wyoming. Oh yeah. That was the one where he was wearing a tank. No, yeah, he was in a, a tank. tank. Yeah. He, sorry. He was in a tank. <laughs> yeah. It was like a mini, I don't even know what it was. It was like, you know, those cars we used to have when we were kids that were like real versions, but like mini of real cars. It's like that for like a tractor. It was like the car, the van vehicle that he was riding in that video for Chick-fil-A, you know, oh, when they all go up it? to the mountain. Yeah, I think so. It was like a yeah. mountain motor, like a tank. A tank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a tank. Yeah, he was in a tank. Okay. That was what the headline was. Okay. <laughs> but you're not remembering we had this conversation. Oh. Where I was like, the headline was Kanye's in a tank on the cover of GQ. And I was like, wait, that's not a tank top. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I wouldn't, you know, maybe that's because I wouldn't consider that a tank. I would consider it more a tractor. Oh my God. It's so, okay. I don't know. I don't know. We're not car people. Oh, Oh, whoa. Earthquake. Okay. Are you ready for our TV recap? I have so much to talk about. Um, Is it the TV recap segment that's brought to you by StoryWorth? Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Because StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your mom to share her stories with weekly email story prompts, questions you never thought to ask. And at the end of the year, your mom will get her stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. You can strengthen your family's bond and grow closer to your mom with every new story. StoryWorth is a great way to stay in touch with family and helps bridge geographic distance by providing lively discussion topics. You can pass on stories and life lessons to your children and their future families. You can also invite family and friends to receive your loved one's stories. Learn more about your relatives and things you may not know about them. The weekly questions elicit entertaining, surprising, and sometimes moving responses. And after a year, your loved one's stories are uploaded and shared and bound into a beautiful keepsake book. Shipping is totally free. You can email your loved one's StoryWorth subscription directly to them so they can access and activate their account at any time. Whether you schedule the email in advance or share immediately, it's the perfect gift when you can't go shopping or meet in person. Um, This is fabulous. If you have a parent... Mother's Day is coming up or someone in your life who's not super technologically savvy and you want to get this for them as a gift. It's really easy because you totally set it up, send it to them, that they'll get prompted every week to contribute. And I just love, I love digital things that like come up with a physical product. I think it's like so sweet. And in day and age where like material items are just no longer existing, it's like so nice to get a book of love, you know? Yes. It's a beautiful gift idea. And Mother's Day is approaching, even though like we don't have a concept of timing, you might not realize it. This is a great idea. We're here to remind you. This online service helps your loved ones share stories and thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's the gift of spending time together wherever you live. Give your mom or the person in your life the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping 
by going to storyworth.com slash toast. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash toast for the $10 off. It's a really meaningful gift for Mother's Day coming up or someone you love. So make sure to check it out. Love it. That's a really great gift idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch so much stuff I would love to discuss because Friday night I watched the show Waco on Netflix. It's like a limited series starring Tim Riggins as a quote unquote cult leader, but the show is really good. Um, it's a story of what happened in Waco in the nineties, a story that I did not know about. And I was saying on my Instagram story, like this show is like really crazy. I'm not going to spoil the end, but you should watch it. And people were like, it's a true story. You can't spoil it. And it was like, even though it's a true story, I didn't know the ending and I enjoyed watching it so much more because I didn't know the ending and I was truly in shock. So no, I'm not going to tell you how it ends if you don't already know, because that is considered a spoiler. Thank you for proving my point about the time we were in Utah and Olivia spoiled the Jimmy Hoffa Irishman thing for me. And she was like, it's history. You don't know. I'm like, no bitch. I never fucking heard of Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, it's on me that I've never heard of what happened at Waco. I don't know where I would have heard it, except like I literally was a history major and I studied American history and it never came up once. And that's, that's on the education system. Yeah. Honestly, the first time, the, the first time I heard of what happened in Waco and, and parts of this story are from a book I read last week the one I was talking about educated about the um, Mormons in where I don't know, like they were super religious in Idaho and like a couple of the things that, I saw about in this show were spoken about in the book, but other than that, never heard of it. Yeah. I weirdly have only known about the incident from Waco because I'm like such an investor in Chip and Joanna Gaines's like whole career. And a lot of the talk about why they're so successful and considered so major in Waco, Texas is because they took the name Waco back for the last 20 years. People have associated Waco with this like major tragedy of this like cult or whatever. Um, and that's like when you think of Waco, you think of that. It's similar to how when you think of like whatever, another place. Like you associate it with like the most tragic thing if it's not a well-known place like Waco. And now when people think of Waco, they think of like the great property values in Chip and Joanna and the silos and like all the great stuff they do. So that's why I knew about the Waco incident. And like it's weird because I don't know anything, but I did know about that. And I never saw the show, but it's a fucking horrible story. It's a fucking horrible story. People should watch the show. The show is really well done. Um, obviously, you know, like any bit of historic recollection, it has its biases, but I think, I think they did a really good job. I think it's such an, it's an important, horrible story, one that I had never heard, and I'm glad that I watched it. I thought all the actors did a, a really good job. It was just so crazy. Like, I still can't, I can't stop talking about it. I'm like trying to get everyone to watch it because I'm in shock. Yeah, well, we, we stand Tim Riggins and we support him in all of his acting endeavors. And it really, like, makes you question the term cult in general. Yeah. Like, um, I actually, I was reading some stuff about Waco afterwards and I found some really pertinent quotes about cults. I mean, I don't know if this is the time or place, but it's just, like, the term cult is really, like, a judgment term. I mean, look at us. Right. Anyways, um, highly, highly, highly recommend it. And it felt good to like watch something smart and true because like I was learning something as opposed to yesterday when I spent the entire day watching Descendants 1, Descendants 2, Descendants 3, and then Zombies 1 and Zombies 2. Fabulous. Honestly, it was really fabulous. I had never seen the Zombies um, duo before, but it's really good. It's the same plot as Descendants, but it is a good film. Um. I actually did something different because, you know, I like you. I will watch – if I've seen Descendants, like, I'll watch it every day. Like, I never like watching new stuff because I just – I can't take it on. But I've been meaning to, like, get into RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, the fact that I'm not a part of it, like, and I like to call myself an ally of the gay community, like, honestly, it's just homophobic that I don't watch it. So I decided to watch it. And Kyle, who is a fabulous toaster, um, he kind of gave me, like, the rundown on what seasons I need to watch because part of the reason why I never watch it is, like, there's so much content and, like, it's intimidating and, like, I don't know. So he told me the seasons that I needed to watch and I watched all of season five yesterday and it's really like such a fabulous show and it's really interesting to see like this season aired like a while ago now like Nicki Minaj everyone comes on as guests but they could not get a guest if they tried back in the day like literally the most famous person Camille Grammer oh my god 
they loved her. And by the way, they totally love and respect housewives. And they like have so many housewife references. Like one of the guys was deciding whether or not to go as Katy Perry for the snatch game or as Cameron Westcott. Like they really appreciate the housewives. So that's why I loved it. And I just feel like it really shows how drag is such an art. Like the entire show, I could not figure out who was who because they transform themselves so much. And then you get to know their characters, Alaska, but then he takes off all his makeup and I literally couldn't recognize him. Like it's so confusing. And there's like 15 contestants, but there's really 30 because they both look, they all look two different ways. So I had a really hard time in the beginning figuring out who was who, but then they weed out the nobodies and it's really all about like, like four or five people. And so with this specific season, like spoiler alert, okay. Jinx Monsoon won. And I felt like it was a really interesting choice. It was a very, very talented group of people. But then it's like when they whittled it down to the bottom three, like I didn't think any of them should win. And I wasn't sure if it was like, did, did someone get left behind? Because the thing is, and that's what I learned. It's like, in order to be like America's next drag superstar, like you have to have it all. Like you have to have the glamour obviously. But then you have to have like the acting chops, the singing chops, the lip syncing chops, the performing chops, and the comedy chops. Like comedy is such a part of drag. And there's pageant girls in drag queen who have like done the pageant circuit. And they're like, not that funny, but they're like beautiful. And then there's like the club girls who are like, their drag is like kind of messy, but they're like so funny and personable. And I just felt like of the three girls that it ended up with, Alexa, Alaska, Roxy Edwards, no, Roxy Andrews, and Jinx Monsoon, like, I didn't think any of them really had every single it factor. And Jinx Monsoon was the one who, like, had most of it, but her glam was awful. Like, every time she was on the runway, she looked like Beetlejuice with her striped tights. Like, she was just not bringing, like, the level that I needed her to bring. And she was also, like, bullied the whole time, and she was, like, really very much, like, she was, narco she was a narcoleptic Jewish drag queen. So she was falling asleep in the workroom all the time. And when she said she was the narcoleptic Jewish drag queen, like, it made me like her from the beginning. But right. her glam was just like, her whole shtick is that she is a drag queen in the 70s. So everything she does is like 70s vibes. So like they had a whole thing. It was like sweet 16 and all the girls dressed like slutty 16 year olds, like with purses and flip phones. It was so funny. Jinx Monsoon comes out in like a long lace dress. Like she just, her glam was so bad, but she should have won because like they couldn't have given it to Roxy. She was bullying Jinx the whole time. And it's like, the thing about the show is like, it's so funny and it's like so camp, but it's also very earnest. Like they really open up about like the struggles of the LGBTQ community. So you're like laughing and crying and it's such an important show for so many people. And they just like, couldn't give it to like the bitchy drag queen because she was really bullying everyone. So it teeters on like being like a culturally important and like sad show and also being like the most important, fabulous show ever. It just, it really tickles all the senses and it's really, really good. I'm going to watch a whole other season today because it's important as Rue says to know your history and I have to go back. I think I'm gonna watch season two and then all stars. Um, it was just really good. And by the way, the graphics, like it's such a weird thing to say, but I watch so many reality shows and I compare it most to project runway. There's like a challenge every week and then there's a runway. Um, but the challenges are so much more well thought out and they're really tests. Like if you can have it all, like in order to be a drag queen, like you have to be, you have to be everything. Like you don't have to be a triple threat. You have to be like a five time threat, like dance, sing, lip sync, comedy, glamour. Yeah. Wow, so well, I'm glad you liked I, it. I did. I really feel like Roxy Edwards, if she wasn't, and Roxy Andrews, if she wasn't such a bitch, she could have won because they couldn't have made America's um, next drag superstar a bully. And she was a bully sometimes. <laughs> feel that. Well, I'm excited it's for you. Good. Now you have so much content to watch. I know. And Ben was like shadily liking it too. Like he came in, he's like, what is this? I'm like, sit down. Oh, that's so funny. I started um, another show last night. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched it, Virgin River on Netflix. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. It's one long Hallmark movie, but it's a series. And it's like a little bit more like, not risque, but like just, you know, there's some shit happening. Um, it's good. It was like boring and slow, but that's what I was in the mood for. A lot of people said it was really good. Snitch had watched it. It's based on a book and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. You're feeling I it. wonder what's going to be next for me. I still didn't watch Money High season four yet because I'm saving that like for the most bored day of my life. Um, but I don't know. After Waco, it just opened me up to all these possibilities. Was Waco on Netflix? Yes. I just love a historical limited series. It's like, I'm not trying to go eight seasons with this, but six episodes. Sure. Yeah. And if it's historic, like, you know, they have to end it sometime because like history stopped, you know? Yes. And like, it's just like, then you can like shit up. 
you can like look up all the characters and see where they landed. So it was, it was really interesting. I haven't watched something good like that in a while. That was the hardest part about watching um, Drag Race so late. It's like I wanted to look up the girls. I can see their glam on Instagram. But I knew if I did, I might spoil it. So I couldn't. And then, like, I was up till 3 in the morning, like, on people's Instagrams because I wanted to see finally. And then it's like when Jinx Monsoon won and I looked at her Instagram, like, it really it made me question her. Like, her Instagram was really sad and bad and, like, her blurry selfies. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, that's not the face of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm sorry. Also, what's crazy is so I watched Zombies starring Milo Mannheim. You know him. He won Dancing with the Stars. And his mom was in Waco. So it just really comes full circle. His mom is like friends with the Kardashians. And that's how they were all tweeting for him to vote for, vote for him on Dancing with the Stars. Like that's how he got the Kardashian support. So, so like the other week, Snitch sent me a photo of Milo and his mom, because I guess he took her as his date to something. And she was like, oh my God, that's his mom. And I was like, who are these people? I don't know him. I don't know her. Then come yesterday, she was like, so that's why when I said that's Milo's mom, I was like, still, who is she? Then I looked her up. I was like, wait, I know this woman. How, how do I know her? Like, I, I, I was just with her. I looked her up. She was in Waco. Is Melissa Benoist in Waco? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. She's such she a She does a really good job. She does a really good job. It's a, they do, a, I wonder if anyone, it came out in 2018, so I wonder if anything from the show was nominated from any award. I do feel like Tim Riggins should have been nominated. He played like a very convincing David Koresh. Is it a Netflix original? Unclear. Hmm. I've been really, I've been saying like, everything I've been wanting to watch is on Hulu. All of the RuPaul seasons are on Hulu and I just fucking hate it. Like, Anytime I get up to go get a snack, it takes me back to the pilot. I know I've said it a million times. I'm hoping someone on the IT team at Hulu will fucking hear me. And my connection error, every, like, I don't have any problems with any of my other apps. Any. Hulu. Connection error. Can't. Can't. Hulu just, like, has amnesia. I know, but they really have the best slate of content, in my opinion, right now. Speaking of, I need to finish Little Fires Everywhere, but it's like, I don't want to finish it because then it's over. Really? Um probably if we're not going to recap it like i'm probably not going to finish it the last few episodes were so bad and i would have let go earlier if it weren't for us recapping it on the show like it was really disappointing and honestly i don't want to keep supporting it and i don't want them to think that they did a good job well I, the problem is is that it's because the book was bad that's oh. what i'm saying they did a fine they made it better than the book but the book was not enjoyable i gave it a 2.5 on the redheads sorry Ooh. yeah yeah that's low yeah, that's low. And so it's like, why would you make a 2.5 into a show? I can give you a bunch of fives. Totally. Um, that's all I watched, pretty much. I really just drank the rest of the weekend. So I'm going to watch some more RuPaul this weekend. And then I'm going to join the RuPaul Toaster group. I just didn't want to join it yet because I didn't want spoilers. 100%. That sounds – I love that journey for you, truly. Like, I'm very excited that you have this, like, new direction and purpose. Like, you're, you're the new directions. Yeah, and then I've really been thinking of ways I can incorporate a lot of, like, the, the fishy vibes from drag, like, into my stand-up because it's just going to, like, become a part of me. I have a feeling. Like, I, th- I think I'm actually going to become a drag queen. Love to see it. And I, you know, I pretty much wear as much makeup as some of the girls, so it's fine. Love it. Oh, my doorbell just rang. I wonder who's here. Anyways, I got Ooh. a jet. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to The Morning Toast. Thank you so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys very much. We will see you tomorrow with Francesca Ferrago from Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Bye.